mystery and horror, the air itself is filled with monsters. Children of the night, what music they make. Well, hello, all you monster fiends, and welcome to part two of Tom Savini. Two, it's two. I am your master of ceremony, Sam, and I am joined, as always, by Dan from Bleed and Marvelous. Say hello, Dan. Hello, Dan. Hi, Dan. Hi. <laughs> Hi. So, Hi. yes, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a person. It's not a, it's not a thing. Well, it is a person, but not a monster person. It's the person who makes the monsters. So we are doing Tom Savini. We're picking right up from where we left off last time. So uh, I'll do the disclaimer. Um, if you want to actually catch up first and watch part one before watching part two, that would be good. But if not, and you've already seen it, we'll get on. So everything discussed in today's episode is our opinions and our opinions alone. If you'd like to discuss anything from today's episode, please come and join us in the comment section where we can have an open discussion. What we won't have is anyone coming for us and telling us our opinions are wrong. We can all agree to disagree in fandom. So let's keep it fun, keep it kind, and keep the toxic behaviour out of nerdism. First week in a long time of getting that right. Didn't say it right last week. Didn't say it right the week before. And I fucking wrote this. Ah, you see, it's just one of those things. It either rolls off the tongue or it doesn't. It's either like, if I overthink it, I can't remember it. Mm. And I always wanted, because I always saw these YouTubers who were like, disclaimer. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to see it. I'll just see a disclaimer. <laughs> so disclaimer out of the way with, we have, we're, or we're at, sorry, 1980. We're going, we're going back, back. 1980 and Friday the 13th. I can't yes. remember how much we covered on Friday the 13th, actually. A bit. Um, I must be honest. I went back and I re-watched it uh, oh. over the weekend. Uh, put a post up on the page about Kevin Bacon's budgie smugglers. Um, Amazing. <laughs> the character in themselves. Someone put, and I think it was a guy called Tony who follows the page, put on there, more like... Um, hummingbird smugglers and i was just like oh, i've not zoomed in that far but you know tony maybe i will next time <laughs> well on the last one i actually wrote down the note on my notes and um, the kills the kill count on friday the 13th 10 in total it's not that savage no no, no i and... mean obviously when you add up jason's from start to finish which we will do one day not today mm. He but, must be someone. I, I, this is the whole take these off. thing. Yeah, but take these off because these are not Jason's kills. These are no, these are Pamela's, Mrs. aren't they? These are Pamela Voorhees' kills. But yeah. we will do. We will. That is something that we're looking to do later on. Is kill counts? Can we beat Claude Rains? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no one has, on our list on our all of our episodes we've done, and I think we're up to what. 16 this yeah, is 16 so. yeah no no one's beat claude reigns he is still superior master who sits on my shelf lord of, lord of the kill count <laughs> lord of the kill counts Jesus. but yeah there's 10 kills in this pamela's is included right 
But the reason I mentioned the kill cam for is because every kill obviously had its makeup done, which was done by our friend, Mr. Savini. I say our friend in the loosest terms. Every single one had something to do with the neck. Mm -hmm. Apart from Axe in the Face. Yeah, Axe in the Face. That's it. And Jason Jason when he comes out of the water. So, yeah. (laughs) Um, my f- honestly, I love the way that he sets up the headshots. Yeah, I mean, you can see it when you look at it with the knowledge when you have it. Um, mm-hmm. But 1980 was the year I was born, so this is 43 years ago. This film came out, um, and so you're talking. People tend to forget, and I know the majority of people won't. But there was no CGI. This is not like. This is all practical effects, and he had yeah. to figure out a way to make it look visceral, make it look real, because yeah. he always said, this, one of his, I'm going to paraphrase one of his quotes that he said, when he was working uh, in Vietnam, as we discussed in the first one, as mm-hmm. the, um, the photographer, he said that if he doesn't get the same feeling from a makeup he does, than he got from taking a photo of the most disgusting, gruesome body scenes, then he knows he hasn't done his job right. Oh. So he said he gets this feeling in his gut and it, he doesn't know how to explain it. He's not sure if it's like a sicky feeling or like a, um, he doesn't want to explain it as like a an enjoyment feeling, but something like a, like a, I, I can't remember how he phrased it, but. I don't know if this helps in, in any way, but when I feel when I see something that is grim, I go cold inside. Maybe that's it, because he didn't really... I'm trying to think back of how he did it. I've watched so many videos on YouTube <laughs> um, and interviews with Tom over, over the, the last three weeks with a little break to do the thing in. Um, but, yeah, I mean... There's so many nods to so many movies, to so many things that we've already covered that we can tie into Tom Savini already, and we're like mm-hmm. 16 episodes in. It's yeah. scary how much that man has had an influence. Oh, massively. If we really picked it apart, we could really put in either what he has either been influenced by or what he has influenced. Yeah, That's... 100%. Because if we started the mon- you know, Universal Monsters, there's his initial influence, and then just go and ticking along forward it goes into where that's an amazing thing man that's an amazing feat to be able to see a person's career and watch their inspiration to them watching them becoming the inspiration Hmm. it's reading um in his loosely autobiography maybe um it's just called savini it's done well because what it does is it has all the um all of his like interview section at the beginning like his thoughts and feelings on stuff then it goes to a breakdown on all of his uh movies he's done but then at the end he's done journals when he was in certain films oh. so he's he's journaled when he was in planet terror he's journaled when he was in um django django um and he's he's, single. yeah and do you know what the part was that they 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 called him Quentin Tarantino. Gave him the part of Tracker Cheney. Why can't I love Django? Why can't I remember? <laughs> he was one of the 
and I hate using the word, but it is used in the film, one of the slave trackers, you know, with the dogs. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And that's actually what I wanted to show you, but I was going to save it, but it makes sense now we've brought it up now. This is oh, a picture. I'm sorry, have I ruined your timing? No, not at all. <laughs> that's the picture of Tom when he was in Django. And one of... <laughs> I like calling it that, sorry. Um, I love it. And that was when his mate got bitten on the ass cheek by one of the do dogs and he had to go to hospital because he <laughs> he had massive holes in his buttocks if um, you are if you are listening to this on a podcast platform please go to youtube and see this <laughs> this picture it's so funny <laughs> but yeah he talks about his experiences like from a first-hand position and like how much respect he got on set and how he was so confused by people knowing who he was still at, like when he did planet terror when he was doing django and all those he, he honestly didn't think he, he thought he was just going on to do a part you know and and he he got like rounds of applauses for things when he did it and and like he was like i just i can't fathom he said i can't put into words how grateful i am to do what i do because i i at my age yeah because he's now 76 i want to say he said you just don't expect anything you know it is what it is yeah and do you know what though he, does he realize the people that he works with now they're all like i mean he does he's done a few with them robert rodriguez because he mm -hmm. did machete did machete that machete was machete kills yeah um, um but he did the tr the trailer was the uh, initial starting point because yeah. that was part of the grindhouse experience which <laughs> i lived for it <laughs> i was living in that moment of grindhouse um and that's yeah he's just he's working with okay oh, um he's working with pe movie fans mm -hmm. He's working with people who have been inspired by him and inspired by his work. Oh, I just love that. Like, it makes my heart all warm. <laughs> but when it, he, he surrounds himself with the same people unintentionally. Mm -hmm. He doesn't even know he's doing it most of the time. Um, like, he, he was talking about... Um, I saw him do an interview with uh, Bob Elsmore, the guy who played um, Leatherface in... Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, but Bob was the stunt Leatherface. And right. I want to say Bill, gone blank on his surname, but Bill was the, the Leatherface cast man. Um, and Bob Elsmore was the stunt version of mm -hmm. Leatherface in the second one. And when they were doing this interview, it was at um, Fright Falls in Canada somewhere. Um, I think it was a big horror convention they have there, up there. And uh, they were being interviewed by Rue Morgue. Right. And, um, they were both talking and they were saying like because Bob was being directed for the stunts by Tom um, as well as having his makeup done by Tom <laughs> as well as having <laughs> like and, and he said it, well, it was such a weird experience he said because it was it, it was such a surreal experience and he was like saying about how much he'd followed Tom's work up until that point and um I want to say it came out. Now I do have a rough. What is this date? Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre two. Nineteen eighty seven. Yeah, which oddly I saw. Now I think this is bullshit. But you know when you're looking through and you go try to find a UK release for Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm -hmm. two, it was giving me two thousand and one. 
it wasn't released over here till 2001. I was like, that's, that can't be right. It um, probably is right if you think about it. But that seems a big jump, doesn't it? 13, 14 years before it was released in the UK. Massive jump. That I do is... want to get the Texas Chainsaw Massacre too because I do have some feelings on that. Well, yeah, we'll come back to Chop Chop. <laughs> Chop um... Chop's not the issue. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, as for the Jason one, the the gag that he loved doing, which he learned to do when he was on Martin, which was the stand-up gag. Yes. Uh, the the... The blood is it the blood splatter one or this is the one for Kevin through the throat mm. where he has them practically standing up with their head poking through the bed and then they right. build the bed in front and then they build the fake body in front so that they can pull off the gag where he's sticking the arrow through Kevin's throat um and technically it was Kevin pushing it through himself because he was like, the only person who could get the position right under the bed because of where his head was right but, but he used that in quite a few things when he was working on one of the movies for dario argento he dario had the specific note that when the head rolled off after it had been cut off it had to keep saying nicholas 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 as it was rolling off right and tom was like how the hell am i supposed to do <laughs> that you know it's like uh if i do a severed head it'd have to have like um, it'd have to be automated in some way, animated, and not like cartoon animated, but like mm -hmm. be able to move. And he was like, how am I going to do that? But then I've got to get the voice and I've got to get the mouth in sync and get the actress. So he thought, right, I'll use the similar technique that I used in Friday the 13th, where I shoot her on a blackboard and make her wear a turtleneck up until the point of where I want to put the wounds, like mm -hmm. the, the edge of where her head was cut off. And she's got a blackboard behind her. And we just have her turning round and round and round and round saying Nicholas, Nicholas, Nicholas. So she that's all it was done. And Dario walked in and went, No, what is this? I want the head on the floor. And he's like, going, trust me, trust me, trust me. People don't know the difference between it being filmed like this yeah. or it being filmed like this. Yeah. He said, So just trust what I'm doing, trust the process and see how it works. And to this day, that is one of his favorite ways of showing a severe like um head wound is by filming it so they're practically sitting up doesn't and that then... sound really similar to how they did claude rains in the invisible man yeah doesn't it like because with you they use black velvet in that and mm -hmm. but doesn't like it, just hearing you you're talking about it i'm just getting a load of like invisible has has claude rains just totally taken over from the frankenstein reference actually he hasn't because I can see Frankenstein right behind you. All right, Boris. <laughs> it's, I've got my, my creeper here from Creep Show because obviously Tom did Creep Show and mm -hmm. I rewatched that as well recently. And I was actually really glad I did because it's been such a long time since I've seen the movie. I've watched I... the TV shows that Greg Nicotero worked on. Oh, see, um, I've not seen them and I do want to watch them, but I get confused between Creep Show and Twilight Zone because they're yeah. around the same age. And the shot very similar, but not. I, I I understand there's a difference, but there is some stories that I could say was in Creepshow, but in actual fact it wasn't. It was in Twilight Zone. <laughs> yeah, I get that with um, Tales from the Crypt. Yes, because the Crypt Keeper for me is who I always think of. I don't think of the creep, the Creeper from Creepshow. Yes, I think of the Crypt Keeper, but that was from Tales from the Crypt and the Creepshow. Um, but Creepshow was 
a hell of a movie jumping oh. from that um it was 1982 two yeah so I, sorry i'm not a being a smart ass i literally no. wrote down all of his movies that were that he did makeup in and the years next to them as well i'm glad you have because mine's my notes are chaotic <laughs> so yes so, i'm not being a smart ass and thinking that i know everything i literally had to write them down <laughs> no these are crazy people chaotic notes these uh they're all over the bloody place um well, i tell you but, what i did notice when i was when i was writing my notes down he took a hell of a break in makeup hell of a break 2002 and his next work is 2011 yeah do you know why no he was bringing up his daughter oh um, children yeah just a bit was when um i know we alluded to it in the last one he had a child with he, his wife was pregnant when he went off to vietnam mm -hmm. and when he came back uh he didn't have a child and his wife had given the child up for adoption um but he didn't m meet her till she was in her late 30s early 40s and it turned out she was always a fan of his she knew who he was but she didn't know that was her dad oh, no. um but some genealogy thing and they chased it and now they elizabeth is his firstborn daughter then he had lon um is it lon savini or cheney savini it, lon. one of yeah che there is a cheney savini but he is the son of lon savini that's oh. it yeah so uh lon was his son and then uh leah is his daughter um and leah was the one that his third or fourth wife uh been married a, a few times yeah six i think um but there's this there's a custody thing where he was away filming a film and um it's in smoke and mirrors so you mm -hmm. know um if you ever watch that documentary it explains so good the gist of it but uh his his wife was found um the daughter was found wandering the streets and uh the custody was taken away from the mother i remember um, that and uh his best one of his best friends had kept custody of leah until he was back from the shoot because he couldn't get back yeah um and so he decided to give it a break um all of acting and all that sort of stuff um to raise leah to to an age um but then leah got pregnant at 16 and she had her first son his first grandkid and um he took over as like father, the father figure for his first grand grandkid so if, if you ever get a chance to see his instagram it's just nothing but devotion to his family he's got two two grandkids from leah um but yeah he, he like he is the he dotes on leah um a lot in that documentary yeah you see he genuinely it's been a while everything. since I watched it. I think it would have been. I think I was on Shudder. I watched it and they've taken it off now. I'm yeah. sure of it. Um, Shudder do do some great documentaries. But going back to Friday the Thirteenth and the neck torture. Yes. Was Pamela Voorhees' neck? Was Pamela Voorhees' head the same kind of process as what he done with Kevin Bacon? I saw some behind the scenes of it, but I didn't. The, the problem that I think you even said this: all the behind the scenes stuff you can find from that movie is about is, the, the cast. Yeah, it's not really about processes. Mm -mm. Um, it's really hard to find a documentary that doesn't. The only one that did out of the ones that I watched was Dawn of the Dead because 
you can't talk about Dawn of the Dead without talking about Tom Savini and his and his process. George, George A. Romero was literally just standing there going, action, cut. And you had George, you had Tom, oh my God, I can't get names out. You had Tom doing the rest of it. So yeah, anything that you're watching, you're not getting processes on. You're getting some, like you got to learn about Kevin Bacon's neck and watch it happen in like what you would class as real time. Yeah. Like, oh, it's such a, but I didn't, I can't remember if Pamela Voorhees' head is just a roll off. Because if it's just a roll off, then they don't need to use that effect. I don't think in the end they used the footage because, <clears throat> um, excuse me, there was, I think the cut that I watched, they had, um, I can't remember her name, is it Adrian? The, the, I can't, no, it's not that, Ali, something like that, the, the, the final girl in the yeah. first Friday the 13th, when she swings and, and cuts off Pamela's head, spoiler, um, <laughs> I don't think in the cut I saw, you saw her head roll away. Well, no, um, I can't remember. <laughs> I've I seen just, this movie a hundred times now. Like, I can't see it. And I, I swear I've seen a cut where it has rolled down the road, but because I've seen a photo in the last couple of weeks where you see um, Betsy laying there, and she's got a oh, Betsy Pamela. Um, she's Pamela. laying there. <laughs> Pamela. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's wearing like a bag on her head so like a black velvet black bag mm -hmm. so her body's just laying there and they because it's filmed at night time that bit as well yeah so they can fuzz out her face because she's got the hood on um and then I'm sure there was like I've seen a cast being taken of her face by Tom so they must have used the head for something mm. but it, yeah in the cut I saw you just heard the dum -dum 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 -dum, and you didn't see mm. it technically hit the floor so I, I that's it. I just I can't remember. Like I say, I've seen Friday the Thirteenth a bloody hundred million times, and I can't picture it in my third eye if it's if it rolls or not. If we see it, um. But what was that bloody fascination with next though? She slit the chef lady's neck, didn't she? In the easy access, I suppose. So surprise. I think it's probably the element of surprise as well. She can quickly whoop, and they don't because the kills change after Friday the Thirteenth Part mm. One. Because obviously it's not Pamela Voorhees anymore. And I always just put it down to the fact that she couldn't see anything else. <laughs> I mean, the, girl, the axe in the face, that was a bit creative. but She wasn't strong. Because she was no. a little, like, if you watch that fight at the end, she got pushed over more or so than she was standing up, you know. So there was no physical strength. So it all had to be surprise kills, I think, to a degree. Mm. I mean, I know... The chef girl jumped out of the car and started running off. And uh, yeah. she, but she surprised her because she got to her quicker than she thought and she had her neck in. And then the next one was. Oh, are we talking uh, about kills on there? Because I've got a list of names. Um, yeah, uh, you had that one. And then it was, I want to say that one of the, the, the lads, was it the guy? Yeah. The annoying sex pest guy. <laughs> okay, so we first got Barry, whose stomach is stabbed. Yes, yeah, and uh, that was re real pig entrails because that's all Tom Savini would use animal entrails in in any entrail scene for Ooh. any movie. Yeah, and then Claudette's a neck stab. Right. Then Anne Phillips is a throat slash. Yeah. Ned Ned 
I want to keep calling Ryerson and it's not, it's Ned Rubenstein, <laughs> but I want to keep calling him Ryerson from Groundhog Day. Hey, I'm Ned Ryerson. Um, throat slash. Uh, Jack Marand is a neck arrow, so that's, that's yeah. it. Um, the bacon. Then you got the face axe. Then yeah. you got Stevie Christie with a chest stab. Then you got Bill with a throat slash. And Brenda, we don't know. And then Mrs. Voorhees, head off. Lots of heads. She did Listen. do, I mean, she did do a couple of, this is how you can class it as a slasher, because she did slash. She slashed. She did. <laughs> did you get a shock when it was Pamela about the way? Like when you first ever watched it? Or did Scream spoil it for you? Oh no, like I it saw did it. me. <laughs> I saw it years before Scream came out. Um Scream was nineteen ninety-six, wasn't it? No, ninety-four, mm-hmm. ninety-six, so yeah. ninety-six. So I was sixteen when it Scream came out, so I'd I'd had ample time to, to poison my mind with that stuff. And I just kept thinking, and this is gonna sound absolutely atrocious, but this is coming from a 10, 11, 12 year old me. Not a 43-year-old me in 2023. This is a, a 10 to 12-year-old in 1990 to 1992. Why is that old lady being able to do that? <laughs> Nana, what are you doing? So it was kind of one of those things where I was like, how's Nanny? You know, she she looked like a Nana to me, you know, at 10. It's like, how's she doing that? How's she, yeah. you know... I think my grandmother wouldn't have been able to do that. <laughs> no. Um, no, Scream did spoil the So I was never, like, growing up, Freddie, Jason, Michael, like, they didn't interest us. I wanted, like, the obscure horror. I wa- like, And I did. I watched all the, the weird shit that my friend had. Um, and then I got round to, I remember them putting on Friday the 3rd. No, no, Freddie, they'll put Freddie on. And my sister was in the room. Me like my sister who's like six years younger than us. So she was like a kid, like a proper kid at the time. And I went, nah, no, fuck this. I'm not being responsible for these nightmares. Come on, we're going home. Like, I have to share a room with you. We're not doing yeah. this. Um <laughs> I think I, I appreciated the more when I was older. And I've only just started to appreciate Friday the thirteenth as a franchise in the last year or so. And really seeing Jason is like, I think he's more of a powerhouse than Michael Myers. Sorry to say, you know, controversial opinion and oh. everything. No, I think the the Jason narrative is far more um, intriguing in many ways compared to Michael. Mm-hmm. Because whilst you've had the storyline with Michael, you know what's going on. Uh, he had a he went into a, some sort of state and killed his sister and. It, they put him into a psychiatric one, depending on which version you watch. Obviously, the standard version is the the canon, but if you watch the Rob Zombie one, it throws a bit more into it with the backstory. I don't. I I, I know where he, what he was trying to do. I understand what he was trying to do, and I'm sure we will get into this when we do Michael Myers. Mm. But uh, there's some things that there's some things you just don't need to know. I don't need to know about Cherie Moon fucking zombie. That's for no. sure. <laughs> don't no. Know. Um, and and it, I'm sure she's a lovely lady in real life. Um, she looks like she hugs trees and she eats grass, you know, and she loves the world. And, that, and, and that's lovely. Um, but, but she that, has no, no, no room to be in everything. It's <laughs> the nepotism knows no bounds, unfortunately. And it, the sad thing about it is, 
I will not watch the Monsters redo, reboot, remake because I, I can't bring myself to do it. I totally understand the reasons why. I totally get it. I did it because we reviewed it on here. I got a mega, mega shock. Um, the, but if you go and watch our review, the majority of it is, why is Sherry Moon constantly like this? Um, she she didn't do Lily. She didn't do much. She didn't do my Lily. But the guy who played Herman, who's also in Lords of Salem, he was fucking phenomenal. He really, really was. Yeah, because he also is in Thirty One. He's like a, he's one yeah, of the co-hosts in Thirty One, and yeah, he's a, um... he's a Rob Zombie actor. He will like, mm. class him now because he's done like monsters. And I really like Lords of Salem as well. That's the kind of horror I used to watch growing up. Was the kind of like satanicy, witchy kind of. Um, like from the seventies, you know, yeah. the terrified of the woman in the trees. Um, <laughs> let's go back to Tom. Yes, we <laughs> keep we going will, off on these tangents. We, it's 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 not a monsters podcast if we ain't going off on a tangent. Um, but we will come down to come into Myers and we'll Jason at some point. Let's let's skip to Creepshow. Yes, I love let's, me Creepshow. That I, I think that's up there for me for one of the most iconic um, movies of its time for the sheer reason that A, George A. Romero directed, B, Tom Savini doing the special effects, and C, Stephen King wrote it. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got the trilogy of the gods of horror. (laughs) You've got the masters of horror. That is... Right there. and, And nobody... I mean, by today's standards, it's cheesy as hell, but nobody has pulled off something in my opinion, that gives nods to so many people um, in in one set of movies that can, at, of its time, Ted Danson, Leslie Nielsen, Adrian Barbeau. I'm so glad you mentioned uh, them names because, I'm again, my head is like, was that the Twilight Zone? Twilight Zone's quite light and fluffy, like, in comparison to Creepshow. Like, to watch Leslie Nielsen... Play straight, yeah. Play dead straight. And Father's Day is such an iconic skit. The first, Mm -hmm. the first one. um, Oh, with them. The head on the plate of his daughter, and he's trying. I want cake, and the zombie dude, and he's holding his daughter with a cake with a candle in on her on her head, and um, and that's the one with Ed Harris, who looks like his hair was starting to slip off his head at that point. Yes. Yes. Um, and I has... want to say that was after Night Riders because he was in yes. Night Riders with Tom. So 1981 is Night Riders. 1982 mm. is Creepshow. Yeah. Um, we, I, I am such a huge fan of anthology horror. It's mm. probably one of my favorite genres of horror. Um, the VHS um, series is one of my favorites. I absolutely adore it. Um, but we and we, me and my husband were on a on an anthology like he was he was trying to like broaden my horizons and he was like right we need to watch creep show we need to watch vhs we need to watch uh i've been saying it a million times twilight zone um and this one was like the it was the aesthetic of it was so pleasing to my eye Mm -hmm. i was like i kind of want to live here like let me just stay here the stephen king moss (laughs) <laughs> man yeah. thing was when I realised it was Stephen King obviously I knew he had something to do with it but when I realised it was him I was like holy shit I think that was that one was called 
the Lonesome Death of Geordie Ballow, that one. And um I love the fact you remembered the names. <laughs> it, it was uh it he this was the thing, right? Stephen King was supposed to have a head cast because he was good. Uh, Tom had uh, storyboarded it that he was going to be a complete moss man, like yeah, head all the Balance way down to the one feet. thing. Yeah, and um, it turned out that Stephen were, didn't know he was claustrophobic until they were trying to do a head cast, and he literally ripped the head cast off halfway through Ooh. and went, "Fuck this, fuck that, fuck you," and walked out. So, <laughs> so, but the thing that people don't realise as well about that movie is that. Um, Joe Keel or Joe King, depending on where we're going. Stephen's son is the little kid at the beginning. Yeah. Okay, I feel like I know that. I feel like I did know that. Yeah. So the, the it's Tom Arnold, isn't it? At the yeah, beginning, uh, Tom Atkins. Yeah, Tom Atkins. Atkins. That's it. And he's berating his kid, obviously, but it turns out that that is Joe Joe Hill when he was yes. little. Stephen um, King's son. Yeah, and then um, they. I like the way they keep the uh comic book side of it so when it gets yeah. to the very end they do the oh ah flashes behind and then there's the little speech bubbles and it zooms out back to the magazine and flicks through the adverts to the next next um, story i next love story. it and we get introduced into one of horrors probably most iconic creatures is fluffy mr fluffy <laughs> mr um, fluffy who if you if you did go and watch and um, the Grim Life Collective's video, you will have seen a big, massive busk of Fluffy just lying about. And he was on your video. He was, yeah. And uh, if you go back and watch the first one, you'll see uh, a short excerpt video that Tom did. And um, Fluffy's in that. And I think it. He, I saw an interview where he said there's only about three of them knocking around. He's got mm. one upstairs in his bedroom, uh, his front room, which the Grim Life showed. Mm -hmm. uh greg nicotero owns one and owns the crate the actual crate and that's the name of the episode the crate the crate um and then there's a third one looking around but it's in some sort of museum somewhere i think he said but the uh i don't know if you know this but the whole of this one was a homage or a head nod to the husband of adrian barbo at the time which was john carpenter um, as it was 1992, at uh, 1982, sorry, it was also The Thing was being released the same year as Creepshow. So when it zooms in on the crate, you see Carpenter and Arctic Expedition on the crate. So tying into last week's episode. I feel like I do know that. Yeah, so. After you've done, I hear when that happens, when someone says something like, right, do I know that? Or am I just thinking that I know that because you've just said it? But I'm sure I read somewhere that there was a nod in Creepshaw mm. to John Carpenter, but I didn't. Oh, wow. That is that is clever. Yeah. That is it, clever. It's very clever. And the thing about it as well is the guy who played Billy, which is Adrian's um, husband, uh, he Hal Holbrook, I think is his name, just off the top of my head, he played mark twain in uh american tv when tom was growing up so tom idolized him because he was the first person he ever one of the first people he saw go through a makeup process and it was documented in either uh, i think it was monsters of Filmland, the magazine that was out oh and right it, it, he wasn't ne necessarily a monster but they did a sh they showed how they turned how holbrook from how to 
Mark Twain and with prosthetics and things. So he was so desperate to get Hal in. He had him in the crate episode and he was the 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 the, the downtrodden husband, put it that way. That's right, because it's the woman berating him constantly. I wanted to rip yeah. her back teeth out. Yeah, she that that's John Carpenter's ex-wife. So and she's the one who done the voice of the chess machine in the thing as well. That's um, right. She's also in uh, Swamp Thing, the movie. I could list her credits off for ages, but yeah, she's <laughs> she, she's a fantastic actress. She really is. Um, I, I I I would say out of all of them, I liked the crate the best. Yeah. Um, I did love one... Leslie Nielsen's only because of watching that man act, watching that man hating him for that mm -hmm. brief amount of time that he's on like really hating him i was like fuck me you've just done your job like that was incredible i was more concerned where the hell did he get the electric from to drive his range rover or his bronco with the the, <laughs> the the electric bloody cables all the way on spools out of the back of his van to plug in a telly to watch to make ted dance and watch his missus get drowned in the sea drowned you know? it. it's yeah it's called movie magic it. it's um, called movie magic questions we just do not answer or questions we don't ask mm. <laughs> um yeah it was it was just one of those it was just weird because i think this was mid airplane um god uh the, i know I, this people are going to kill me for this but the police tv series he police did Acad police academy no 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 um, no I can see it frank yeah, driven yeah i've gone blank yeah. but that anyway um, oh my god you know the chat's gonna be like <laughs> look it's it's 20 past nine in the evening where my brain's a bit frozen <laughs> i don't know what day work. it is yeah <laughs> we've both got animals we're looking after yes. what day is it who am i where am i <laughs> why are you here <laughs> um we will we will skip friday the 13th the final chapter because i feel we will go on another jason yes, tangent no. but we will go to we will go to day of the dead which is in 1985 i am literally going in order here and um, right. day of the dead which is 1985 please for the love of god refresh my memory is right. this the bunker one this is and um, let me get my magic book out because he goes into some depth about Day of the Dead. Where's it gone? Uh, please hold. Please hold. You have been placed on hold. I had it a minute ago. It's going to annoy the hell out of me. While you hold, you may listen to some <laughs> cheery elevator music. Smooth sounds of Dan from Bleeding Marvelous. <laughs> it's the one with Bob in it. Yeah, it's it's the one with Bob. Um, it's the it's the it's the bunk. It's the army guy, isn't it? It's. Oh, please tell us I'm right. I don't want to be wrong. You might be right because I haven't seen Day of the Dead for donkeys. I was trying <laughs> to catch up on so many films, um, and this just didn't make the final cut of films. Um, and I've gone completely blank. I just can't. <laughs> I I thought you would know, and know. this is why I did not Google it. It is. It's the guy. It's the screaming guy. The guy who we lost not long ago. This guy. That guy. 
Oh, the guy that got ripped to shreds. Yes, that one. Yes. yes, I know what you mean. It is. Now. It's the bunker one. It's the army one. Yeah. It's when they're down in the bunker. Um, and they replicated that scene in Resident Evil. Right. Resident Evil as a homage. This yeah. is where the, this is where he starts. Where the zombies start to get get some communication. Yeah, you've got Bob there. There it you? is. So, yeah. Yeah. So you get, yeah. I can. Do you know what? After Dawn of the Dead, I get very confused with the deads because I'm yes. kind of. I think Night of the No Night of the yes. Living Dead is the first one. Then it's Dawn of the Dead. Then it's Day of the Dead. Then it's fucking. What's the one where that with them? Um, Thomas is it Thomas Jane or is there's, it the other guy? I think there's five of the deads. That's not included in the remake. Oh, up. Sorry, excuse me. Um, there is a lot of. There's a lot of deads in there. Um, but I I do like it, and I can picture it, um, and I can picture the zombie-like makeup in it. He learned lessons colouring-wise mm -hmm. with cameras, because obviously cameras will change as well. But as we told you, as we told you, as we were discussing in the first one with the coloration of the zombies and how they did not work on Dawn of the Dead, it still, to me, does not take anything away from that film, regardless of what colour they are. I still think it just adds to the intrigue and the mystery to these things we are not meant to know about. Um, is this but, the and, one where Tom did his own stunts as well? Because he played the biker guy, didn't he, in this one? Was it this one? No, it was Dawn of the Dead. It was Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, uh, see, this Dawn is of the Dead. It's where they, it, all, this, they all mush up into one, and I always forget together. which one's one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he broke his. He, well, he he wasn't sure if he broke him or not. But he did the stunt where he jumped off the top of the um the, in the, the. It's in the soup. It's in the mall. Yeah, and he jumped and he, off and he missed. <laughs> yeah, his his body hit the boxes, but his mm -hmm. feet slammed down on the edge of the fountain. Uh, so he thought he fractured or broken his heels. So he had to he had to be in a wheelchair for two weeks for the rest of the shoot. And so he said he did he did the exact same uh, stunt two weeks later and nailed it because they extended the boxes. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, he he took on many hats when it came to Dawn yeah. of the Dead. Um, but Day of the Dead, the coloration of the zombie was um, was spot on. It's that it's it. It must be hard to determine because there is obviously a, a process when when you when you pass on this um, when you leave this mortal coil yes. and the process of you, your skin changes and you've obviously got to try and get the right balance of of where you are in the decomposition but almost all reanimated corpse like <laughs> it's it's a hard one to break down mine but he, i think he did it well on this one i've only seen dear the dead once because it wasn't my favorite but i still i didn't i still i know a lot of people have a lot of love for it yeah, I mean, this is the one where, like you say, it's where everything starts becoming a bit more human. Land yeah. of the Dead, that's another one. Land of the Dead, that's the one. I Land do... of the Dead is the one where you've got Simon Pegg and Nick Frost that make cameos as zombies in. Because yes, they do. Romero to... loved the fact that Shaun of the Dead was a homage to, yeah. Yeah. It was a it was a thank you for mm. thank you for not taking the piss out of a genre I have made. A career in I, I uh, sorry no a genre I made <laughs> slash a career in um yeah he wanted to say thank you for that mm. that one Land of the Dead I do really like aesthetically it looks no different than what you would find 
early 2000s slasheries that kind of look but i love john john negozamo in it i really love him is it thomas jane because i get him and someone else mixed up i don't honestly know off the top of my head i i i can, I, I can picture him but um they got the i feel like when it comes to land of the dead the zombies are the coloration of them and the textures it's texture when it comes to them there's not a great deal if you look at day of the dead there's not a great deal of texture in... Yeah, with, with this one it's showing a few pictures this is the one now it's just completely made me reminded me this is the one where they have the the head and there's nothing left of the face at all there's just the brain attached to the neck and you know the whole body's twitching because it's got electrodes on it and tom sculpted yes the whole thing. because they're experimenting aren't they but the head of the guy it's the guy's body mm -hmm. a real actor's body but they put his head under the table so right. they built the table up to here and he likes his the, tables he, i mean it's it's a gag and it works mm -hmm. it, it's it's a tr it, it just works for him but yeah it's this has just reminded me and I, I remember exactly which exact one this was now you know when you just like i say it's, they all it's blur. coming back to me um i feel like i feel like greg nicotero is kind of like taking everything from dawn of the dead and all of the other deads and just elevated it to a whole different level that the reason i bring him up for is because one day we will do a whole episode dedicated to the work of greg nicotero mm -hmm. because i feel like when you when people talk about him they just go walking dead well that's a pile of shit mm -hmm. and you're not you need to look at the work you need to look at the fucking there's detail him there's a lot and, him and tom were inseparable for so many years mm -hmm. um I can totally get that with them too. Like I can see them being like more than uh, like brothers. Like ah, oh. yeah, they work together. You'd see so much footage in Smoke and Mirrors as well, but in the book, it also talks about how when he was doing Planet Terror, um, mm -hmm. he had uh, Greg was on set. Do it. Greg was the one who did all the the what they referred to them as sickos instead of zombies because they were like plague victimy diseased people, um, and even Greg has a clause now where he likes to play at least one character or a background character in the movies as he well. wants to have the makeup done he wants the process yeah. done um so he he he's he's had his fair share of uh cameos and if you're eagle-eyed enough a lot of people don't recognize them but he's in a lot of films you've seen greg a lot and we'll get to one of them a bit we in, will in a bit. But. we will and we'll also we will do a proper deep dive into greg nicotero because i just I, I have so much admiration for him but it all stems from the guy we're talking about today it all comes down to him the next one the next one let's the get it over one. with come on it's texas chainsaw 2. yeah so this is from 1987. i i'm not i fucking love this film i really do chop top Mwah. love them yeah. absolutely love them um because bill mosley in my eyes can do fucking zero wrong mm -hmm. but Barbara. yeah <laughs> if anyone knows me i love leatherface i can turn i can make i can have sympathy for leatherface in texas chainsaw massacre and try and impart that sympathy onto anyone who is willing to listen <laughs> um the look of of Leatherface in the first one is fucking unreal. The the detail, 
the 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 conf- oh, do you know like the textures the everything the height the build it all fucking works and then you come to Texas Chainsaw 2 what did they do they went to the disco <laughs> what did they do they, they went to the disco they had to have a night out you know the family don't always stay in oh. the in the back end of nowhere they like but fucking nowhere you know they, they like to go on the town every now the, and again the look of them though dan is horrific that is like it's horrific it's not good if you please go and uh google texas chainsaw Chain. oh no no need that one. That one. Oh, i hate it so much i really don't like it he said if you look closely at them at that mask you'll see that it is made of many different faces it's not one face that is sewn back together it is many victims faces he's tried to put together hence why it looks different to the one from the, the first, first movie because the first movie is supposed skin. to be just one yeah so. yeah it's just one skin stretched along but that's what makes it so fucking perfect um i don't know it's just i don't i don't know i do know i don't like it I don't like the look of it because of the the impact on the first one. But then I have to remember what movie this is. It's Texas Chainsaw 2. It's not meant to be fucking serious. This is a comedy. It's uh, yeah. Am I right in saying Toby Hooper did this one as well? I think so. Um, I'm going to double check that because I don't think he did. And do you pronounce it Toby? I pronounce it Torb. I've only ever heard people call him Toby Hooper. So I'm just reading it literally. <laughs> I could be completely wrong, but I'm no, I'm no, sure. I'm, it, no. It's probably me. I'm just like I, I feel. I feel like I've heard a lot of people call him Toby, and I'm like, well, hang on, it's just T O B E. Um, right. It was. Well, it, it scored fifty percent mm-hmm. on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah, and it was Toby Hooper yeah um hence why i think this has the comedy element to it because if you look at child's play one if you look at um other toby hooper um movies if you look at what we were talking about last week with mike and the treatment that toby was going to give the thing before john took it totally totally different i i yeah i would have liked to have seen it but it wouldn't have done well it wouldn't have been the thing no. It would have been something completely different. It would not have been. But again, if it it's one of those sliding door moments. If it had happened, we would never have known mm-hmm. the actual John Carpenter one. We would have been none the wiser. So we yeah. couldn't sit there and go, oh, that one's better. That one's not. We would never have known the difference. I hate doing things like that. I'm so sorry. Um, but then it but- got... See, the budget on that, they didn't have... <laughs> By today's standards, they didn't have a big budget, but they did have a fairly big budget for that film in it's 1987. Gone in, it's, it's all like, gone into the makeup. It has to have. 4.7 million their budget was for number two. Um, and at the box office, it only took 8 million gross. So they made 3.3 million, but that's not the kind of investment or return that, that no. the studio wants. So hence why it took a while for... a any more to come out there's a bit of a, a wait between this one and the there's next a, one there's a gap it, do you know what it's a franchise that potentially didn't need to be a franchise correct like leave it at the first one i absolutely like, again we'll get into this when we do leatherface and i'll probably go on the same fucking rant 
leave it alone if you can't do i was really i'm really excited about the netflix one that they brought out a couple of years ago I'm, i was so excited sally Haw sally hawkins yeah i know Final you're not Girl. happy about that she was going to be in it far and she fucking, fucking killed her like oh no you had this whole like jamie lee moment where she was like fuck yeah i'm ready for the no, she's dead get film over you didn't have time to sort of take like, it take in. in how she died it was like what the f but yeah i mean the the one thing about tom was though in this movie he said his all-time favorite makeup was in this movie that he has ever done who was it grandpa <gasps> grandpa he was fucking vile he was really yeah. vile and i he loved said, it the gist of grandpa was he the guy who played him was a, a an uh either a korean war vet or a vietnam war vet i'm not sure he was from one of the wars um and uh he had these really sunken eyes the guy who played him not he he was an actor in the sense of that he had a sag card um but he didn't really do much it was just something if he got a part he wasn't you know he was quite happy it to did, play it doesn't it. take a lot to get a sag card like you only need like a couple of lines i had an equity so yeah i know yeah <laughs> <laughs> a long, once upon a time a long time ago doesn't take much um but yeah it's uh he just he wasn't an actor actor he just did things that he found interesting and it wasn't for the money it was just for the yeah. life and uh so he went for this part um and he got it purely based on the fact that his eyes were so far set back in his hat head and he looked really haunted so tom <laughs> then did the old people makeup on top and he said that it was between the first time they ever did it was nine hours they had grandpa in the chair for so imagine wow. yeah and and the thing was they made him up for three days straight and he wasn't used on on set every, each one of those days nine hours in the chair and then spent the rest of the day sat there waiting to be filmed wasn't filmed nine hours in the chair i mean this isn't including the probably the three or four it took to get the makeup back off again um so this was happening three days in a row so tom said to him that i'm not one to go and stir shit, but you need to tell them you need to get your scene done if you are sat in 110 degrees outside in this weather mm -hmm. we're filming in the height of summer in the middle of texas um you need to get this sorted you need to go say something so the guy went off and said something and all of a sudden is all of his scenes were filmed because that he was getting so um that the sweat was starting to peel the prosthetics off it was rotting the foam latex and Ooh. because people don't realize that sweat rots foam latex it 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 does something where it perishes the 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 latex or the foam part of it i'm not sure i think it's probably the foam part of it well it'll it, be it'll be like a it'll be like a um what's the word i'm looking for oh like a reaction to the actual material yeah and it oh. creates this horrible thing so he was like this 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 makeup's not going to last much longer if we don't get this shot done so the good tom but oh, he did grandpa. say it's it's his all-time favorite next to the helicopter um decapitation scene in one of the deads i in think dead. it was where the head got sliced off but they had to cut that for um the sensors as well because the sensors didn't want to see it actually it happen wasn't a dawn of the dead i'm just thinking he rooftop helicopter it might have been that one i'll just might... shook me all computer <laughs> honest to... do you know what i i, I generally I, i'm not i am not too sure um i did love grandpa's makeup on this chop top 
chop, top. I feel like Rob Zombie just took one look at Bill Mosley there and went, that's Otis. Because it even, if you've looked, if you've watched House of a Thousand Corpses, a corpse, Otis looks a lot like Chop Top. In that one, yeah. In that one, but not in Devil's Rejects. It's like, I'm sure we've talked about this before and our love of Bill Mosley, but he's a totally different Otis in Devil's yeah. Rejects and for the fucking better because there's so much Chop Top left in the House of a Thousand Corpses. They just needed to get rid of that. Get rid of that. Get rid of that hair. <laughs> Be gone. Yeah. Did you ever what have you watched In Search Darkness? Any of those? Um, yes, I've watched them all. It's think, nearly how many hours? Four, eight, twelve hours. <laughs> yeah, in the third one, I think it's the third one, or it could have been the second one. They interview Bill about um, number two, mm-hmm. and Bill said that there was a treatment for a third one yes. to be the sequel to the second one, mm-hmm. where Chop Top becomes a DJ. And I was like, I can believe it, but I don't want to see it. (laughs) I could sit and I could sit and watch hours upon hours of him just talking shit. The man's voice is Chop Top is a is a special creation. Um, didn't he do an album with Phil Alsamo from Pantera as Chop Top? I know that Bill and Phil were actually at Spooky Empire the year I went in uh, 2018. Mm -hmm. Um, And it turns out, just to throw a spanner in the works, Phil's married to Meatloaf's daughter, but we'll carry on. Um, Yeah, that one threw the shit out of me when I found that out. Um, What? (laughs) Yeah. Phil is married to Meatloaf's daughter. When we see interesting factoids on this this podcast we fucking mean i didn't know that this is how my brain works brain farts just pop out they just go hello (laughs) at least it's not at least it's not me who sits there and goes they're dead (laughs) i'm the morbid one you're the bright and cheery one (laughs) in real life no this this is all for the camera (laughs) this is just for you folks (laughs) yeah consider yourself lucky guys And I will never do that again as well as I promise. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's weird because when, if we move on to yeah. his version uh-huh. of Night of the Living Dead, the 1990 remake that George gave him the green light to do. Right. Um, I never realised how many people were in that when you start looking into it um obviously you have bill playing barbara they're coming to get you at the beginning whoa you've got got, uh bill mosley playing him you've got tony todd in the lead role because tony todd turned around and he saw him at a premiere or he was playing a part on one movie that he was doing special effects for i can't really remember that bit but he grabbed literally grabbed tom savini and shook him and said, you need to let me read for the part. I have to read for the part. So he let... I I didn't know this existed. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, 1990 remake of Night of the Living Dead that Tom Savini directed. Uh, It was his directorial debut, I think. Um, Yeah. Bill, like I said, Bill plays the characters at the beginning. Yeah. 
Tony Todd is the main character, um, and it's yeah. his first ever movie, horror movie ever that, that Tony Todd did. And coincidentally, if you go to my TikTok, you will see I <laughs> I have a video from Bill Mosley on there. I have a video from Tom Savini on there, and I also have one from Tony Todd. So that was a weird coincidence. But to this day, Tom says it's one of the worst experiences he's ever had on set because he was going through a divorce at the same time. And he couldn't focus completely on doing what he needed to do. But the weird thing about it was, if you look at the numbers, yeah, I feel very sorry for him. Because if you're going up against 1968's Night of the Living Dead, right? Yeah. Which he couldn't work on. He was offered to work on it. It was a Vietnam. They had a budget of 114,000. That was it for that movie. Right. At the box office... It made thirty point two four million. So they had a profit of thirty point one point thirty point one two six million. Wow. And that's how much that movie made gross in the box office. So in theatre runs. Wow. I, but then you go to the nineteen ninety remake, which wasn't remade, uh, which wasn't released in the UK until ninety three. It was a 1990. I saw the release. Yeah, I saw the release date in the UK. It was 93. Bear in mind, uh, the original one had a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm -hmm. Tom's one has a 68%, which isn't on the whole bad. Oh, it's it's not terrible. Um, But you are pitting yourself up against the original, the OG. The the starting point of zombie horror. It, you're not you're not gonna win why would you pick that why would you pick that film well the thing was they only had a but well, they had a, a hell of a budget compared to the original budget of 4.2 um 4.2 million but at the box office it only made 5.8 million so they only made 1.6 million profit i mean it was in profit but the weird thing about it was they thought tom's name was enough to drive mm-hmm. the success of the film and at that point, Tom, to this day, is still one of the only special effects people to ever go on Letterman four times um, he, and show secrets of how he does his special effects. Uh, he burnt David Letterman as well on one of those, which I thought was quite funny. Um, he didn't put enough of the cement. You know, they have the rubber cement they use when they light the oh, fire. Yeah. They have like a rubber cement they put down and then they have like a, like a kind of a gel that they put on. Yeah. And Tom said when he lit his, he, he did this to David, he lit his palm on fire. And as he did, he dragged his finger across and it sort of wiped off some, <laughs> some of it oh. and ended up, it ended up burning David anyway. Oh, but... well, yeah, at he... least he didn't burn the studio down, just his hand. There's that. But he just took, his hand. He, he took uh, his puppet Lizzie from um, Tales from the Dark Side, I think. That Tales from the Dark Side. Where Lizzie, Lizzie was yeah. wrong, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which was odd because Lizzie ended up becoming his daughter Leah's favourite puppet. And yes. every time she went uh, to the studio, she'd always want to see Lizzie and talk to Lizzie and hug Lizzie. No, she so. can fucking keep Lizzie. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, at what my brain is totally absolutely fucking fried i had no idea i've seen the poster but i have no, i don't know why my brain didn't compute or why my I, I can't believe he remade that film what the fuck was he thinking he I had all the tools his, i don't think it was his idea i think 
Um, I don't know whether it was a studio. I don't know whether George told him to do it, but or do you think it was going to be done? It was it, someone was going to do it, and George got in there first and said, "Tom, do it." Yeah, I think so. I do think so because I think George was of the ilk that if anybody can do it and pay it justice, it will mm -hmm. be Tom because he wanted Tom so badly in the first one. Yeah, um, and it wasn't a flop by all you know numbers wise. Yes. But it wasn't a flop, but it is one of those films where, again, like you say, leave it alone. No, you need. can't touch the you can't touch the original. It's the original is it's a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece in cinema. It's groundbreaking. It is um, it is the starting point of or the most famous starting point of a of a genre. Um, it has so many political messages in there and so many fuck yous to a lot of people at a lot of at this at the time of when it was made or the time of when it was set um no you just can't go up against that film you can't um but they tried it with dawn of the dead and the fucking yeah uh, that film um zack snyder yeah dawn of the dead in the fucking bin i don't mind the film too much <sighs> in the Get sense out. of that i watch it as it's got nothing to do with the other ones i i, I don't even associate it with those if fast, you know what i mean it's fast zombies it's fast a running film, kid zombies <laughs> it's a film within itself so i just sort of if it's on i'll watch it because i like the gross old lady in the wheelbarrow uh in the you know i i love that bit and the the baby with the zombie baby and all that shit. i, I think it's, it's just I, you lost it's gross. It's, you lost me at fast running kid zombie <laughs> but um moving on to like his acting proper like he he, he loved to act and everything but yeah was, he was offered the role um in dust till dawn of you know the guy smoking the cigar i've forgotten i've gone blank on his character name but the big guy that, that was smoking the cigar that um is like the big badass guy in the bar yeah yeah um, that was the role they had originally wanted him to uh, audition for. And so Quentin and Robert sent a thing to Tom to say, right, we need you to read, do a video for this and read this line, uh, read the lines. Um, and he took, he read the script and he hated it. So he read for Sex Machine instead. <laughs> and he it, sent them the video of him doing Sex Machine. It um, couldn't have gone it. to anyone better. I've just had an absolute, like, thinking of his, because moving away from his makeup now because yes he has so many credits going from 1988 1987 from downwards mm -hmm. and blackthorn probably being the most interesting one out of a lot of them the rest yeah. of them never fucking heard of and um, what i've just remembered is in his character in planet terror it's literally yeah. like you, you saw it hit me brian i think it's the finger it's the that finger one. yeah yes the whole diary is in here about the whole time he was he was uh, filming for that. So there's some interesting stories that, that he's he's written down there. But um, Dust Till Dawn fascinates me to mm. this day. He didn't do any of the special effects work. Oh it. really? That's a shit. None. That's weird. It is to isn't not it? ask him. But because they had him starring in it, um, you know, there's that scene where he sat there, and this is where the uh, he uses his bull whip and he nicks that guy's beer and he grabs the that's greg nicotero okay. with long beautiful locks that's, that's greg nicotero that he nicks the beer off of around the table um 
and then Greg goes sort sort of for him, and then he flips out his uh, his dick gun. Um. <laughs> you you know he pitched that like he had to. Watch. I really, I mean, that's either a Quentin job or a him job, isn't it? Let's be honest. There's only two people that that could have come up with. But um... well, think about it. It's probably Quentin, given that if you go to Planet Terror and his whole trouser scene incident, like he likes he likes the trouser scene. I'm only picking that one because it's the first one that came in my head. I can't think he of any other scene as well. Oh, he uh, loves, he does like his feet. Tarantino. Uh, <laughs> um, I think from Dust Till Dawn, it's a shocker to know that he didn't do any of the effects on there, any of the makeup on there, because it is spectacular. It the transformation really of Danny Chirijaw from person to vampire is incredible, but I always get a rubbery feeling when I'm watching oh. them. They. There's no, there's, I don't know, it feels too, like, it feels too, like, over the head mask. Like, yeah, I mean. Does that make sense? I No, I completely understand it. If you, I think if you look at the amount of vampires there actually are in that. Mm. It um, probably is over the head masks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the budget was a fairly good budget for Dust Till Dawn, because obviously they had George Clooney in it and uh, Tarantino, and so they were just riding off the coattails of um, Pulp Fiction. ER. <laughs> and ER, well, yeah, but no, his um, his name carried some cred, man. Like especially yeah. after ER, like everyone wanted. He was fucking huge. This was the first movie I think where he was swearing. Yeah, um, this, he had like that tattoo. Like everyone fucking wanted that tattoo. And thanks, George, yeah. for a million men getting that tattoo. That's all I'm going to say, George. Cheers. Thanks, George. Thanks. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was like it was. It was such a turning point. This is not Batman. This is not. I can't remember his character from ER, even though I used to watch ER. Um, this they, they it totally took away from that shine of good boy, and mm -hmm. he was going to prove I'm an asshole, and he plays asshole so well. Yeah, my favourite bit is where he turns around at the end and he he just leaves Kate there by herself because he's he's like, do you know what El Rey is? It's murderers, thieves, people like me. You're not people like me. And then he just drives off in his Porsche or his Mazda MX-5 and leaves her in the dust and she's got no dad, no brother, nobody. Um, yeah. But, you know, and she's, she's just standing there, Juliet Lewis, covered in gunk. Um, Love it. I, I, the, my favourite piece of special effects in that entire movie, though, and I know it's not a Tom thing, but is when Sex Machine turns into the big rat. I mean, that in itself as a practical effect is absolutely fucking superb. It's, it's absolutely superb. I know people go like, this movie is in like two halves. You've got the first half, you've got the second half, and you think to yourself, at what point... Mr. Rodriguez, did you start taking <laughs> drugs? Like at what point? Because they, but I, I love the aesthetic. I love when they get into the titty twister. Mm -hmm. I love when they get there. I want to know so badly what his obsession is with El Rey. This is directed to Mr. Rodriguez because this isn't the first time you hear El Rey. Mm -hmm. El Rey is the character in Planet Terror. It, it, that's El Rey? Yeah. There's, it's crazy. Just I, I don't know whether it's... Apparently, obviously, Robert, his name does sound Mexican, and he does have Mexican heritage, Robert Rodriguez. So I it don't might, know whether is it, it's... Is it like 
thing a family thing or uh like an ongoing joke i'm not really sure i didn't look into it too much i have to be honest but i, I only thought about it there when you mentioned elrey and i was like hang on a minute hang on. he's also elrey and that um have you ever heard robert rodriguez play spanish guitar flamenco like flamenco guitar the no. he does the music for i have such a thing for spanish music and mexican music like anything that's sang in spanish like i absolutely love it can't fucking understand it but i do love it which means that i absolutely adore the soundtrack to um planetera kill bill volume two which is robert rodriguez's work um and he plays the spanish guitar on there and holy shit it's like his fingers are just just like that oh, love it. <laughs> now you said that i think i've seen something about him playing a guitar but i didn't know that he did that if you if well he robert rodriguez directed some episodes of the mandalorian um which is massive huge mm -hmm. well done to him like he deserves it it's kind of his genre like the whole spaghetti western kind of thing he loves that style um and he's there's a video of him with grogu the puppet that's where i saw and he's then. sitting the playing guitar thing? yeah he's yeah. sitting playing guitar to the, the puppet grogu it's adorable that's where i saw so it he also so, directed spy kids but i'll leave that there that still blows my mind but hey because it's got danny treasure with it um but hey <laughs> he's still everything comes back to danny because tom said out of all the actors he's ever worked with that he's had to do a death scene with danny treasure to this day is his favorite actor that plays dead because he does it right he said, when you see someone who dies in the movie, they do these beautiful deaths where their eyes roll in the back what? of their head and their eyes close and they just lay there looking all peaceful. He said, that's not how you die. He was like, you literally, your your mouth goes slack, your jaw goes slack. He said, so and what, when you and what happens to your eyes? They stay open. And when you see Danny do any of his death scenes, he said, he does the thing. He does the just slack jaw. The eyes stay open and they're looking oh. a bit bandy. He said, he is my favourite person to work with on a death scene because I don't have to do much. It's so hard to do slack jaw because you, you, without you knowing, you're constantly moving like this. This is you. This is all you. Mm -hmm. And the minute this all stops, you go. Right. So it is difficult to do the, the slack jaw. But your eyes almost, <laughs> I think I've mentioned this quite a few times now, my pet peeve of eyes in dead scenes, they open. You mm -hmm. can't go like that and close them because <laughs> it doesn't fucking work. Because they'll literally go, mm -hmm. but they don't. They don't like ping open because obviously the muscles are all gone. But they do. It's like you know the dolls. Yeah, you know the dolls that you, yeah. when you you turn them upside down or when you turn them the right way around in their eyes. It's like that. Like they're, they're very loose and they kind of like just sit halfway, but you can't push them down because they will just come back up again. Mm. It, it infuriates me infuriators and my husband hates every time i point it out on when we're watching movies i can't remember if i brought this up on this one before or on the sunday one but i've gone on a huge rant about it i hate it <laughs> but yeah so when he was doing planet terror and he was going through and you look at the cast members that are in planet terror you've got bruce willis you've got mm. um uh josh brolin um oh god, god. Um, uh, there's a a laundry list of people that are in it the robert rodriguez's nieces who i still fucking love to this day the um oh the something twins it's the two twins who are babysitting yes 
Yeah. And they're also in Death, Death Wish. Wish because they walk into the bar when she's doing the strip tease to or the, the, the strip dance to Kurt Russell's character. Um, I love them. <laughs> the and the fact that they survived it all at the end. Yeah. I love that. They um in, in his in his journal for that, he was talking about how he had a stunt double for the first time ever doing Planet Terror. Because what? Quentin was so worried about and, and Robert was so worried about him falling on his head or hurting himself because at that point at Planet Terror it was a 2010 2000 what year have you got down for that i don't actually because that is something he didn't do makeup on and i no. just wrote his makeup stuff hang on i'll find out hang on me and my husband got together 2007 and we made and i remember him buying that for me 2009 maybe 2009 it's somewhere in that ilk i think I'm way off, aren't I? 2007, the year me and him together. I was wondering, I was thinking, because I'm sure he bought that, like he bought as the double feature mm. on DVD for Valentine's Day, and we've never done Valentine's Day, so it had to have been at the beginning. <laughs> I've got that, actually. I've got that double feature. But um, he... When you look at the cast lineup, yeah, sorry, my brain was just rebooting. You could see it, you're like, uh. when you see the cast lineup, and you've even got obviously you've got um Rose McGowan in it, um, yeah. and you Cheery. start going through, you've got Michael Bain in it from Aliens, you've got uh Bean Bain, I don't know how you say um, it. Um, you've got Michael Parks, the great Michael Parks, who plays yes. Earl McGrath, who is like a continuation character throughout Kill Bill, mm-hmm. Planet Terror. Death Dust proof. till dawn. No, Dust no, till wasn't. dawn. Yep. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? He, was, he died in Dust till dawn, though, at the beginning. Yes. Yeah. Son number. Son number one. Yes. Um, who is actually Michael Parks's real son? Um, I love Mike. A huge fan. Loved him in Tusk. He's gonna all go and fuck off. Tusk is a brilliant film. Tusk is a brilliant film because it is a body horror slash monster movie. Yes, it fucking but is. People watch it thinking it's gonna be a Kevin Smith film. No, 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 no. It's a, it's this, a totally different thing. This film had me so thought provoked for nearly two weeks after watching it that I thought, yeah, if you've imprinted in there for nearly two weeks and I can still remember it and I've only watched it once, you've made an impression. I really love. I loved what he did. It was fucking phenomenal. And Michael Parks does not get the credit he deserves from that film because he was creepy as fuck. Mm, Anyways, he really was Tom Savini. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah when he was shooting planet terror he had a stuntman for the first time ever and he, he really didn't know how to handle it because um, what did he do that deserved a stuntman he there, was this, there was this one scene where he was picked up by one of the sickos and thrown into a police car um oh, is that outside of the the police station where it all kicks off and he's like my finger my finger yeah basically and uh he uh, the the stuntman had to do the bit from when he left the hands of the som- zombie mm. guy, turned around, and he was the one that took the impact on the car. Um, but he fell on his head in one of the takes, oh. and it didn't end well. The guy just kept getting up and redoing it afterwards because he didn't want to admit there was anything wrong, but they had to take him to the hospital at the end because he got himself quite ill. 
because uh, he he did about five or six more re redos straight heads after. Are not to be head is not to be messed with no. do not mess with that noggin it can do all sorts i love his reaction when he loses his finger and it's just oh <laughs> that's the thing about greg nicotero he was the guy who did all the special effects on planet terror so Amazing. when you see that it's it is it explains it in there how greg basically sellotapes tom's finger down mm -hmm. and then wraps it in like a, a weird wrap um so it keeps it there so it's got like a, a like a silicone mold of what a finger yeah. would look like from that side um and they just squirt a load of blood on it for you to distract and you never tend to see the inside no no because he, he does he does that he like has He's always waving his and... hands around yeah so um it's an ongoing joke didn't they hand him his finger back to him <laughs> like is this it because it has these rings on it as well <laughs> yeah he had the ring on yeah that, that um, film is so underrated it is so fucking good i loved the um what was her name cherry Valentine, cherry cherry something isn't that cherry a drag queen probably yeah oh yes it was yeah cherry so, darling r.i.p yeah oh yes um, good god uh, yeah cherry darling that was it i knew it's something along those lines that and, um, opening scene with her in that dance is just it just sets the whole film for me and the machine good leg the machine <laughs> good leg who come up with that i still feel like i should find rose mcgowan and say how did you feel about that but then i feel like she'd probably go off on a 48 hour rant about it and i don't know whether i want to be able to i don't know if i, I feel like she's it. mellowed out now she's starting to do a lot of scream um q and a's she's starting right. to she's starting to mellow out a bit um but it, that's all just green screen prosthetics like green screen on it's the crazy. leg and um i i love her character in that but i also love her character in death uh death proof as well um i just I, I have a lot of respect for rose mcgowan i really i really do like her um but what was i gonna say I'm what gonna else did he do after death proof Tom's he's done uh django obviously django unchained um, yeah he did let me see what else you got machete machete kills um <laughs> machete. i love that trailer it i was... want to know how the hell they got jessica alba in that i for me that is a weird casting when you look at all the other people that are casting them you've seen them in some sort of rodriguez quentin did, did rodriguez not do sin city of course he did that would explain why then wouldn't it yeah he did first in city i don't know if he did two i know he did one fuck me that like like literally they like, came out of the back of nowhere if <laughs> he did, it's yeah. right <laughs> he did you're completely right so that would explain it but like it just seemed like a weird casting oh it's such a really weird obsession with sin city when it came out like i just thought it was so unique and different and like marv i have mm. i have the sin city um graphic novels and i have a Marv kicking about somewhere I was fucking obsessed you know what the worst in in my opinion Tom's worst um movie mm. was when mm. he did uh Lost Boys the tribe never seen it never will see it Don't never gonna see it Not honestly it doesn't do it. exist <laughs> I think it's Kiefer Sutherland's kid that plays the main part or it might be his nephew I don't know the kid has got Sutherland as his surname, the main kid that's supposed to play the Michael type character. Um, no. 
And Tom Savini plays some sort of vampire. I can't remember if he's like the um, video shop owner version, you know, from the original. Um, yeah. I don't know whether he's. I've gone blank on his name for some reason. I only watched it Saturday night. I lost boys. I don't know why I've gone blank on his name. You but, watched um, that one, or did no, you watch the original? I watched the original. I didn't watch that one. Um, it's. Yeah, I watched the tribe once because it had Corey Feldman in it, and I was like, "Oh my god, where are they going to go from here with that?" And he was just some drunk in the trailer, so I was just like, "Right, next." And Edgar had died, you know, and I thought, "Well, what?" They killed off Edgar, and there was no explanation. You never saw it happen, to my knowledge, unless there was a film in between that and there that I don't know about. I met I met him at uh, for the love of horror twenty nineteen. Lovely bloke. Nice bloke. Yeah, he's the. I I met Kiefer and I met um, Jason at Rhode Island in twenty eighteen, um, and that was around the time I think they'd just made up. Um, after they fell out because you know yeah. they they did the fallout over julia roberts thing why and they held that just grudge why? just they why held that grudge for a long time long long time but why it's a long time i mean she must have had a magical vagina she must but i bet she doesn't i just can't see the the i, I never understood that feud um i, I didn't get to meet keeper because i do I, I'm I, like we've discussed before. I'm a bit of a fraidy cat, and the idea yeah. of going into a screen like that, no, no. Um, but Carolyn went. Carolyn went, and yeah. she she. I think I can't remember. I think he got her original artwork, or he got a print of mm. her original. I actually have it in my bedroom. It's such a good picture of David. Um, but I met all the rest of them because they're out on the table. Lovely, yeah. brilliant cast, amazing people. Yeah, they, I mean, I haven't met Alex Winter yet or Billy Worth. But I but Billy Worth has always been at shows where I've been working and I've never gone to see him. And obviously I... now knowing that he was on American Gladiators as well. So I did. Um, Alex Winter um, retweeted one of my tweets after his. No, actually, he said, thank you for watching my documentary. It was that whole um, uh, black, the, 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 the dark web. Oh, yeah, yeah. The whole, such a good documentary. It's mm -hmm. um, narrated by Keanu Reeves. It's yes. brilliant. Very fascinating. Terrifying. But fascinating. Um, but it's the camera. The camera. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the camera. Um, but yeah, when we met a Miss for the Love of Horror, just such a sweetheart. Such a sweetheart. Had a lot of time. Um, we were, I was just standing with a friend, with Carolyn's brother, actually, who had this beautiful graphic comic book of Lost Boys, and he had them all sign the front page. And he was just, he didn't care. Like, he didn't care we were just standing there. Like, mm -hmm. he just talked to us. Really nice guy. It made me feel quite at ease, especially when I'm like, I'm standing in front of one of the wild stallions. But the, the honest to God thing about, they go into a section in Smoke and Mirrors where they he talks about how conventions for a long time for him were a way of making money when he wasn't working. Mm. So when he was raising Leah, he would go out and do conventions because he could take Leah with him to conventions. Yeah, um, I can get that. It, it was for for a good 10 years he said that was his job but once leah was old enough and so that's when he herself, starts getting back into it yeah he he started to do films again and get a bit interested in in doing all that sort of thing so when he does conventions now mm -hmm. he sees it as 
he really enjoys it and uh you see anybody interviews about tom and they all say oh when we were at this horror con with tom and when we were at this one with tom <laughs> apparently he's got a thing where he likes to start rubber band fights so he'll sit there and he'll fire rubber bands at danny treasure and and then he'll start firing rubber bands at someone else apparently the thing about tom is he acts like he's 12 all the time yeah and he's 76. <laughs> so <laughs> oh well he looks good he looks really good do we have any more before we start wrapping tom savini up i feel personally we could come back to tom at some point yes i do think so because i think i uh, there's so much to gloss over because we've got a limited amount of time to fit in mm -hmm. a lot i mean this is one man's career but to put it into three parts i think would bore the shit out of everybody yeah. you know like one two three oh no so no. i was just thinking maybe at some point down the line because we are we're always looking a way to change things up and do mm -hmm. things and make it more interesting and we could totally just break something down of tom's and yeah just to right. have that be the focus but yeah just do like I think revisited. Part, revisited revisit i think a part three would be i think it'd be a bit too much bit i think we just go i think yeah. we just go back over old ground but yeah, have you got anything else to add to Mr. Savini before we go? Um, just that I hope if I ever meet him again, I actually I can speak English and not 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 words that don't make any sense. I mean, that's always good. Yeah, like, I mean, in any given situation, this was honest to God. I was so taken off uh, like aback by him being there. I because this was a show masters in twenty sixteen. I'd already at this point met Neve Campbell, um, Michael J. Fox, uh, Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> I'd met bloody um, Robert England. And then I turned around and saw Tom Savini sat. And he a, stops you from talking. Sigourney Weaver I even met that year, right? And I turn around. <laughs> I turn around and I see Tom Savini sitting over there. And I'd had a massive conversation with Sigourney. She'd stopped the queue because she was talking about my hair with me for ages and then I look and I see Tom Savini and I was like I need to go and get an autograph because I didn't even know he was going to be there so I went over and I was like uh, 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 and nothing would come out and it was just the most atrocious noises that a human <laughs> would make I'm laughing but are you like, that's gonna be me and it was like I don't know where it comes from because I'd like I say at that point on in, in 2016 I'd met that so many, many people yeah hi like and, and not to say that tom isn't in that wheelhouse he's in his own wheelhouse yeah but, but you've like couldn't. but you've but you've got him in such like in such a like box in your head that he is so higher up than because yeah i get it i totally mm. get it i just i'm never going to be able to explain it properly it's like certain certain people with me i like who other people just don't get and it's because in my head they are they are right the way at the top mm -hmm. up there up there <laughs> so that is my one thing if i was to ever meet him again i just hope i understand i, I can speak english i mean i hope i could just speak at all like you know i'm i'm terrible when it comes to words and i'm gonna mess this ending up right now so <laughs> i'm tired people and i've got yeah. kitties to go and look after um, so yeah, that was episode number 16 of Tom Savini, part two. Um, you know, go and check out 
our back catalogue and go and check out part one. I mean, if you want to watch them in reverse, by all means. But may not nothing to us. You'll just you'll start you'll start at 1980 and you'll go back on yourself. Um yeah, go and check out our other episodes. They're available on YouTube, they're available on Spotify and iTunes or anywhere else that you get your podcasts from next week. <gasps> next week. It's a big one. It's a massive one. Mm-hmm. It's a whole cast full of monsters. We are going monster heavy, monster deep. Literally, we are doing the monster squad. Focus. It is. Wolfman's got nerds. Kick him in the nerds. Oh, I've just ruined me one line. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're doing Monster Squad next week. It literally has just had an anniversary, and we were the minute the anniversary date came up, we we're like, oh, we missed a trick, and we're like, fuck that, we're still doing it. <laughs> Too right. <laughs> Absolutely. So it covers a lot. Mm-hmm. So be prepared for a lot, but it's going to be so much fun. We are on YouTube every Monday at seven o'clock. Thank you to everyone who joins us in the chat and who has liked, shared and subscribed to the YouTube channel. You guys are the best. Mm-hmm. The best. The best. The best. The best around. Nothing's going to ever be done. What she said. <laughs> so yes thank you all and remember stay nerdy everyone bye bye